Hey, this is Zena Jones, and you are listening to the Brave AF podcast, where we talk about all things mindset, having your own back, and doing brave shit. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Brave AF podcast. Hope you are doing magically well. I appreciate you for being here. So today we're going to be talking about struggling with attention and focus and navigating adult ADHD. If you have recently listened to some of the episodes I have been sharing, I have talked about getting my diagnosis with ADHD and a little bit about that process. And we're going to be talking even more about that today, about what it looks like and what the process is like as well. So before we dive in, I wanted to say if you resonate with this episode today, if you think that you might have ADHD or you have been recently diagnosed and you are looking for additional support, you are going to want to come and check out my second podcast. That's right. A second one because this one just wasn't enough now. (laughs) I love podcasting. So we've got a second one which I've recently launched called Navigating Adult ADHD. Okay. Now, even if you don't have ADHD and you resonate with the Brave AF podcast, if you've been listening to this podcast for a little while and you're resonating, then you're definitely going to benefit. <laughs> it's me in your ear again, twice each week. Woohoo! <laughs> Doubling up on the goodness. So, I want to encourage you to be subscribing to both. So, that new podcast is called Navigating Adult ADHD, and you'll find me there as well. Okay. So, what comes to mind when I say ADHD? What do you picture? When I tell a lot of people or when I ask them that question, people will say that they will picture or envision that boy at school who can't sit still and is disrupting everybody. That is the most common image or idea that so many people have when we talk about ADHD. Now, in December of 2022, I was officially diagnosed. And when I say officially, that is because I had, air quotes, self-diagnosed myself a couple of years before. I was operating as if I already had ADHD and I assumed I had it. And it was manageable in my life. So I have got friends who have it, who were diagnosed as adults, adult females. And I also have clients who have ADHD, who've been really open about it. And it has often been something that we've talked about or coached on. So I knew a lot about it. I had already done research and learned about it and then did some tests online and diagnosed myself, (laughs) Dr. Google, as we do. But for me, it had been manageable. I'd learned a lot of strategies and tools online and from friends and from clients, and I was just working with it. Now, that changed last year in about the second half of last year, and I became more irritable than ever before. My constant state of being was pissed off and frustrated and annoyed. And it didn't matter what happened. I always seemed to get back to that place. Even when good things happened, I would find the not good in it. And that just wasn't really like me. So I was more irritable and annoyed than ever before. And also, I wasn't short of ideas 
but I was unable to finish anything. You see, I have all of these cool projects that I wanted to bring to life, that I wanted to launch for my clients and, you know, for the people out in the world that I wanted to help. And, and I'd start on something and then squirrel, I would be somewhere else. It would get too hard or it would get boring and then I would go be doing something else somewhere else. And I just couldn't seem to get anything finished. And of course, it only fueled the frustration that I was already experiencing. So here's the thing with ADHD. It is actually so much more common than you may realize. One in 20 people have it. If you imagine 100 people in a room, at least five of them have ADHD. I think it's quite possibly more. And females just as much as males, right? Women have it just as much as men, but women are being referred to as this lost generation as for so long it was just thought to affect little boys or men because it presents quite differently in males they're often presenting as very hyper hyperactive and distracted whereas females we often internalize it and we might fidget quite a lot which I'll I'll talk about in a minute but also we're very much in our brain being hyperactive we're overthinking constantly busy in our brain so again it presents very differently but also So often we've got really good at masking it and hiding it. So it's not necessarily on the surface or visible to other people. So here are some of the ways that ADHD shows up for me. Constantly fidgeting. For example, when I go to a meeting, and we'll use Toastmasters as an example, when I go to my weekly meeting at Toastmasters, which is the public speaking club, when I go there, I order a takeaway coffee and if I'm not sipping on my coffee cup I might be sipping on my water bottle or I might be playing with my phone or I might be spinning my rings around on my finger or clicking a pen or writing doodling a little picture on a piece of paper. I'm constantly doing something with my hands. Now that fidgeting actually helps me to pay attention. I went to a meeting this morning with a bunch of women in business and I was sitting there and I had a fidget spinner and I was spinning it constantly and the woman next to me said what are you doing and I said I'm spinning my fidget spinner and she said why and I said because in doing that in spinning this fidget spinner I can be way more present with you all and it helps me to pay attention and absorb what everybody is saying and what's happening here in this meeting my ability to be stimulated like that helps me to be present Another way it shows up for me is being unable to remember names. So I am terrible at remembering people's names and place names, not for lack of trying and not for wanting to be an asshole. I have always had it drummed into me that people's names are the most important thing about them. You should do whatever you can to remember their names. So it is something I used to be really ashamed of and feel bad about. But the thing with ADHD is, and I'm not going to get into all the specifics, but we have issues with executive functioning in our brain. And one of the areas that is affected is working memory. So what that means is for some of of us with ADHD, we can very easily and quickly forget things, right? I forget people's names almost instantly as soon as I've heard them. I was at this 
this meeting this morning, I knew the woman next to me, the woman running it, and one other woman. There were other women I had met multiple times, and I do not remember their names. Not because I don't want to, (laughs) but for me, it just doesn't stick the same. People will often ask me about my travels and be like, okay, so what do you recommend I do in Peru? And I'll be like, oh, there was this real cool town, like about two hours away where all of these different things are there. And like, you can, you can literally like hang in this thing off the side of a cliff and I'm probably better at describing it than that. But the point is like, they'll be like, okay, what's it, the town called? And I'll be like, uh, I don't know. I'll have to Google it. I don't remember. And it's not because I don't want to remember. What I do remember is stories that people tell me, random things about themselves and their lives. I remember places and beautiful experiences that I had and people I met. I just don't remember names. Another thing that's common for those of us with ADHD is like reading a page and not remembering anything you read. So having to read it again and again, because we go somewhere else in our mind, right? Again, it's that working memory. Another thing is being impulsive. So how that can sometimes show up is being quick to make decisions, but also interrupting people. So if you have ever had a conversation with me in person, and if you haven't, hopefully one day you will. I'd love to meet you in person. But what I can do when somebody's having a conversation with me is I can interrupt and talk over people. I have done that for as long as I can remember. And I remember being told off as a kid so often and getting in trouble for that. But my brain is wired differently and I don't always get the signal to pause and think before I speak or pause and think, is it appropriate to interrupt? I just don't get the message. So therefore, I just do it. Now, do I sometimes wish I could stuff the words back in my mouth? Honestly, yes, sometimes I do, especially when I see the look on the other person's face. Yeah, I do. But I can't. That's the reality, right? Like, My brain is just wired differently. So that's one of the ways that impulsivity shows up, okay? Another one is always being in my head. And as I mentioned before, so often this is how ADHD, you know, is kind of hidden or masked in many women is because we spend so much time overthinking and in our heads being busy and not physically being busy with our bodies, right? Overthinking And, and just constantly, like, There are stats that say we have on average 60,000 thoughts a day. I reckon I have way more. My brain is busy, (laughs) y'all. All All right, so let's talk about some of the more positive ways that it shows up, okay? Because it isn't all bad, and I really do want to um, demonstrate that today. Being rebellious and a risk taker, okay? So that is very common for ADHDers. They don't necessarily stop to think. They're just like, yep, sounds great. Let's do it. Right, like they were just quick to jump on board, which I think has been fantastic in my life because I have created my own path. I really have. I, you know, I sold my house and went all in on my business. I, you know, quit my job and traveled six months solo around South and Central America and hosted trips and retreats for women and like launched a community for solo female travelers and quit my job to like pursue my business and be full time and, you know, become an entrepreneur and move to the other side of the world. Like all of these things, rebellious risk taker, that part of my ADHD has really helped me with that. And I have been so pleasantly surprised to learn that many well-known and successful people have ADHD. And it's incredibly common for entrepreneurs. 
So for example, Richard Branson, he has it. Okay, the Simone Biles, the Olympian, she has it and has been quite open about it. There are a lot of actors who talk about having ADHD. Will Smith is one. Uh, another one is Channing Tatum. The other ones are slipping my mind, of course, because they're names. So we're having an ADHD moment right now. <laughs> um, who was the guy that founded, is it Microsoft, Bill Gates? I'm pretty sure it's Bill Gates. Yeah. Anyway, he has ADHD. If you Google it, you'll find him a bunch of names. But the point is that those people have taken risks. They have been rebellious, right? They have done hard and scary things. So that my point is like ADHD really can support you in that way. So if you don't have it, maybe now you're going to start to want it. <laughs> so another thing is being creative and full of ideas. ADHD is uh, like often referred to as like having squirrel brain because we're like idea, 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 right? Like literally we can be thinking outside the box. Like that is so common and not being restricted by other people's rules, right? Hyperfocus is another one. And often like some people will say like that can be used to the detriment of us, but I think it's friggin' awesome. Like when I'm focused on something, like I can become obsessed with it. I can become a walking encyclopedia of that thing. I think it is wonderful when I can hyper-focus on something that like really excites me and I just want to know more and more and more about. I think that's wonderful. <laughs> so if I knew I had it, why did I seek out diagnosis? This is something I want to talk about. And as I said before, things got worse, much worse. and ultimately. Because some of my symptoms got really bad, I wanted help. Okay. So, what I went on to discover and in, in getting help here in New Zealand, you need to, I went through my doctor and got a referral, but you need to be seen by a psychiatrist to be officially diagnosed and discuss the option of medication and what else is available. So, when I was in the, with the psychiatrist for this meeting, she told me that. The majority of women are diagnosed around ages 36 to 38 because what happens then is our hormones begin to change. We start to enter into perimenopause. And because of that, it can impact our symptoms and intensify them, like turn the dial up on them. And that was what was happening to me is although like I had been you know, easily irritated all my life. And I just thought that that was something I'd gotten from my dad. And yes, ADHD is hereditary, but I had found it like out of control. Like you'd turn the volume up as high as it could go. That was what was happening. But that was a result of the hormones changing in my body and being out of balance. And that was therefore like turning up the dial on so many of the ADHD things that had been a lot lower level before. Okay. So as I said before, I have launched a second podcast called Navigating Adult ADHD. And I go into so much detail about the things that I've shared with you here today. We're talking about medication and boy, has that been a wild ride. <laughs> But also how it's not the only treatment that I'm personally using or that I would recommend to anyone else without ADHD because 
It's more about creating your own toolkit, which is so much of the work that I do with my clients in coaching. We're setting you up with your own toolkit for your life. So right now I'm helping other people on that podcast create their own toolkit specific for the ADHD brain. So over on there, that podcast, I go into a lot of detail about the specific symptoms. I've also got a list of the symptoms based on the work of three prominent psychiatrists and psychologists in the field of ADHD. And you can find that in the show notes here. But also if you want to visit my website, xenajones.com and just add slash ADHD. Okay. xenajones.com slash ADHD. You can see that list of symptoms and I've got a bunch of resources over there as well that I would recommend that you check out. You can get links to the podcast, all the things. Okay. But one huge thing that I want to offer you, regardless of whether you have ADHD or not, is that there really is a magic pill you can take every single day that increases your dopamine your adrenaline and your norepinephrine. Now, with an ADHD brain, those are things that we are low on, right? They're basically the feel-good chemicals in the brain. And because those of us with ADHD are low on those things, we seek them (laughs) often, which is why we don't do things that are boring or hard. We go in search of things that are enjoyable and exciting and, you know, feel better. It's also why we have a very addictive personality is because we like to do things that give us that hit of dopamine, that feel-good. Okay, but for anyone who wants more of that feel good stuff and who doesn't want to feel good, right? There literally is a magic pill that will help you focus, feel good and get shit done. Now, that magic pill is found in just 20 minutes of moderate intensity exercise. I kid you not. I have been reading so many studies and, you know, so many books on not only ADHD, but just the the power of exercise in the brain and what it does for us. And I am not going to give you all the technical jargon, (laughs) which half the time I got to go on Google, I'll be honest. But the point is that there are so many studies out there that talk about how 20 minutes of moderate to intense exercise moderate, yeah, like decent, get your heart rate up kind of exercise, right? That is huge because what it does, and you no doubt already know this, like you've experienced it in your life, right? When you exercise, and I hugely recommend in the morning if you can, but like in general, just doing it, you know, you're going to feel good and you make better decisions, right? I remember when I used to work in retail years ago, and I would finish and, and I would make it a priority to exercise before work. But if for some reason I couldn't and I was going to do my activity after work, so often I would just be like, oh, nah, I don't feel like it. I don't want to. And I would you know, go home. And as a result of going home, having not exercised that day, I would make poor decisions on what I ate. I wouldn't spend any time on my business. And at that stage, I was working on growing it and, you know, trying to build it to a point where I could go full time. But I wouldn't do that. I would watch Netflix. I would eat crap and probably drink and spend way too much time on my phone, like flicking around, just not doing anything. And then I'd end up feeling like shit and going to bed. So the days in which I exercised 
it was so different. Like if I'd exercised in the morning or if I had to do it after work and I did do it after work, the decisions I would make on the food I would eat for dinner, on the you know things I would do after dinner, as in spending time working on my business and connecting with clients and replying to emails and all the things, I would be so much more productive, okay? When we exercise, it is proven that we are more focused, we feel better, we make better decisions, and we get more shit done. Now, it doesn't have to be a huge deal. Like, you can literally jump on a spin bike and bike on it at a moderate pace, like getting your heart rate up a little bit. Now, your number might not be 20 minutes. That's my number. But for most people I've spoken to in the research I've done, it's like 15 to 20. And some people, often you'll do longer than that, like once you get started. But have like that minimum of 15 minutes. And if you do it every day for a week, I challenge you to see how it impacts the amount you get done, how good you feel, you know, the decisions that you make being more in line with the goals you have versus not. And my guess is you already know this about yourself when you've done it. Okay. And even just little things like being able to exercise in between meetings and calls. So I'm currently reading a book and one of the things he talks about, sorry, I don't remember the book or the name, but I can link it in the show notes. One of the things he talks about is between meetings. So for me, that's between coaching calls, right? Like it is being able to just spend five minutes like walking up and down the stairs in the office building. And we have stairs here, but sometimes it's like I will put on a song and just dance it out because that gets my heart rate up. And in doing that, I can come back and be more energized, focused, you know, present in the next thing. It makes such a difference, my friends. So, all right, I could harp on about that all day, but it really is a magic pill though. To be able to exercise, it really is a magic pill, okay? Now, ADHD brains are wired differently, but different isn't better or worse, good or bad. It's just different. And I would not trade my ADHD brain for a neurotypical brain, meaning someone without ADHD, because then I wouldn't be me. I wouldn't have done so many crazy, incredible things in my life, and I probably wouldn't even be talking to you right now. It is so easy to use our differences against ourselves. Okay, I'm overweight, therefore there is something wrong with me. I have dyslexia, therefore there's something wrong with me. I failed at uni or college, Therefore, there is something wrong with me. I'm a bad person. No. (laughs) No, your differences are what make you you. These are the things that people will love about you. My friends love me because I am so ADHD. They love that I am impulsive, I'm creative, I'm hyper-focused. They love those qualities about me, right? A lot of my ADHD traits, if you love this podcast, it's probably because of those things. Just like one of the reasons that I am a huge fan of Richard Branson, okay, the guy who started Virgin Airlines. I'm a huge fan of him because he didn't go to university, meaning college, if you speak that language, right? University or college, same thing. But one of the the reasons I like him so much is because he didn't. And he's been so successful. 
right? And now that I know he has ADHD, I like him even more. The things that set you apart can become your superpowers. When you learn how to harness them and use them for rather than against yourself, boom, game changer. I really truly believe this about ADHD. I'm like, it is my fucking superpower. Watch me. Now, if you think you might have ADHD, speak with a medical professional. Here in New Zealand, a psychiatrist will need to diagnose you. In most places overseas, it is a psychologist or a psychiatrist. I can't speak for everywhere. Either way, you can only be diagnosed through a medical professional. And please advocate for yourself as well. In the very first doctor's visit I had where I went to the doctor, my usual female doctor was unavailable and I saw a male. Now this male doctor is somebody I had uh, grown up around because I had been friends with his daughter in primary school. So he'd known me from a young age. However, I didn't really choose to see him often as my doctor, only on when I couldn't get in, right, with my regular doctor. And when I went in there and I said, hey, um, I think I have ADHD and I would like to have a referral, please, to whoever it needs to go to. And he looked at me and and he kind of scoffed and he was like, huh, what makes you think you've got ADHD? Like he, he almost blew me off. And when I say advocate for yourself, I mean that you may need to advocate for yourself. I have been... I don't think surprised is the right word, perhaps kind of shocked at the amount of men, especially, you know, with, with, you know, knowing other people in their life who have ADHD, but the amount of men who just are poorly educated when it comes to ADHD, even medical professionals, they really do have this association of that little boy at school who can't necessarily sit still. So if, If somebody scoffs at you, if somebody doesn't get it and you really truly think that this is what you have or you you think you might and you just want to find out more, please advocate for yourself. Okay, (laughs) I'm going to leave it there. I'm getting very heated and passionate about this. Okay. (laughs) right. Lastly, my friends, I have one really big ask of you. Okay, my listeners, I got one really big ask. If you or someone you know is navigating adult ADHD, please send them and share with them the new Navigating Adult ADHD podcast. I'm going to put the links below this episode, wherever you're listening to it, it'll be right there. Please help me to get this in the hands of the people who need it. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Huge love, my friend. Take care. I'll speak to you next week. Hey, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, then you are going to love being coached by me. We are going to solve your specific challenges and set you up with the mindset tools that you need to have your own back and do brave shit in your life. Just head over to my website, xenajones.com to sign up.